the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Welcome, Biblical Citizens. We are just 10 days from the most important election in anyone's memory. Many Californians, many Americans have already voted, although the majority still have not. Is anyone out there still undecided on who to vote for or even whether or not to vote? If you are, please listen for the next few minutes. We're going to have a great interview today. We're speaking with a courageous and outspoken pastor who is leading on the issues of the day, including the freedom to worship as we believe God commands us to do. We've been informed and uplifted by the teachings and the public forums conducted by Jack Hibbs in which he interviews notable figures like esteemed theologian Wayne Grudem, political activist Charlie Kirk, and many others. Jack Hibbs is the founder and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, in Riverside County. And his teachings are heard on many national and international radio stations and on the Internet throughout Europe, the Middle East, Africa, Australia, and throughout the Hawaiian Islands. He and his wife have been married for over 30 years. He's kept his large and thriving church operating as normal during the extended COVID lockdown period. And we've had the privilege of attending sometimes, especially his public forums, and we've just been really informed and uplifted Welcome, Pastor Jack. I want to thank you guys for the invite, and I do appreciate your position, your program, and your involvement. Thank God. Listen, if California had more people like you, we'd have a different California. (laughs) Really appreciate that, and of course, we're going to talk to you about elections, and I want to start really at a basic level, because why should Christians vote? Why must Christians vote? And I want to talk a little bit about some objections that I hear, and probably you hear, like my vote really doesn't matter, or God's in control, so why worry about it? Or I hear this, I don't want to vote for the lesser of two evils. Do you hear those kind of objections? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we can certainly pinpoint where that's coming from, because it's vital, you guys, that I think we do pinpoint that. But uh, regarding your initial question about the Christian vote, or should the Christian vote, uh, we, we need to look at the vote like anything else that you and I have as a Christian uh, before us. In other words, our time, our money, our energy, every opportunity that God has given us, voting is one of those in this republic. Got to remember, this is, 
we live in a country, this is a rare, beautiful opportunity God has given yes, it the is. believer of this nation. And that's founded upon a Judeo-Christian worldview founding by the Pilgrim Fathers. Having said that, I'm not, I want to argue this, you guys, because I know our time is brief. If God gives the Christian the opportunity to change the culture for righteousness' sake through voting, in other words, I can stop abortion, I can stop the destruction of marriage, I can stop... Uh, this porn club being built next to the school, or this bad legislation regarding borders or our public safety. I believe that I could make a biblical argument from Genesis to Revelation that not only should the Christian vote, I believe that the Christian will be held responsible for voting, because the Scripture says in Proverbs 29, verse 2, when the righteous are in power, well, the question is how they get there. When the righteous are in power, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in authority, the people groan. And boy, if that isn't a description of California right now with our leaders, but how did we get here? The Christian has said to himself, I'm not going to taint my fragile Christianity by getting involved in voting or in this horrible secular world of ours. I'm just going to kind of sit it out. And listen, our founding nation, and up until about 100 years ago, 80 years ago, the Christian community knew nothing about this type of apathy. They right. were engaged, they knew what they were fighting for, and they knew some lay down their lives on the battlefield, and some take that influence and go and vote. So it's a very serious issue, and it's a responsibility that God has given us as a, a talent or opportunity to invest. And isn't it, uh, you know, our republic is a stewardship that God has given us, and it needs to be nurtured. And I've just thought of this lately. You know, we have to maintain our property, our bodies, our car, whatever it is, our, our family. There's so much maintenance that God requires us to do as a stewardship, and our republic is in that, ca- is in that category as well. If we don't nurture it, if we don't maintain it, we will lose it, and we're seeing the threat of that right now. So. Well, that's exactly correct. When Ben Franklin, when they came out of the Constitutional Convention— um, Benjamin Franklin was asked by a, a notable friend of his. She asked him, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government have you given us? And Franklin re- replied in that famous now statement, a republic if you can keep it. And that is critical because we must defend righteousness. A lot of Christians want to talk about discipleship and church and following Jesus. Absolutely. But have we stopped recently and asked, I'm commanded to do righteousness. What does that look like? Where do I do it? And where is anywhere in my life righteousness not to be exhibited right. in my life? In our community, and that's exactly. where we, where we live. Your light so, so shine, he said, yes. Can you just talk a little bit about not wanting to vote for the lesser of two evils? That's kind of a common thing. You know, I, I'm just going to abstain yeah. because I don't like one of the, you know, their personalities or... Either one. I don't like you know. either one. Yeah. yeah right. I, I, now, my answer may be a little blunt, but at least it's honest. Um, and I'm also a, a product of having been born and raised uh, in a U.S. Marine Corps home. Non-Christian, by the way. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I grew up in a nation in a home that I was taught to love this nation. Having said that... Um, I, I, I pray that people would wake up to the reality that we are not to get involved in personality cults. 
that we are to look at policy. Yes. This is what concerns me because people are so very veneer. People are so the Christian. The Christian is very very surface, and they they think, well, I, I can't. I, I don't want to vote for the lesser of the two evils. Listen. Every single one of us, to one degree or another, just might be the lesser of the two evils. We have all <laughs> sinned and come short yeah. of the glory of God. Yeah, but I can't vote for Donald Trump because of his tweets. Listen, why don't you stop looking at his tweets, I would say, to the Christian community, and look at his policies, literally, on the record, as a matter of fact, the most pro-life president in recorded American history. We're seeing a new judge be installed on the U.S. Supreme Court, the most pro-life judge. How did that happen? Donald Trump. And woman of integrity, too. Woman of of unquestionable integrity. He relocated the embassy to Jerusalem, by the way, uh, obeying a 1995 law that every president was supposed to do that. Donald, listen, Donald Trump is a sinner like the rest of us, but here's the bottom line. If you look at his last three and a half, four years, has he kept his word regarding the things he campaigned on? Better than, better than anyone I can recall of either party. Anyone, including my beloved Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump has right. performed better. See, what happens, you guys, is that the people get caught up in this, almost this Twitter, Instagram, 15-second soundbite, make-me-feel-good moment. And <laughs> that's not how life really works. Life doesn't really work that way. So when Donald Trump, you've got to remember something, everyone. Donald Trump has really turned out to be the bodyguard for Western civilization. And why do you see nations even like Japan, uh, England, Brazil, Hungary, Romania, why are these countries absolutely delighted with Donald Trump's leadership and they're mimicking it and their countries because the man has kept his word? So... And that goes that, that so goes against the lie that the media says that he tells a lie every day and he's a chronic liar. There, uh, yeah, Brian, Wayne Gru- Wayne Grudem. We loved in your 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 yeah. call that Wayne Grudem. He took out a cu- he picked out a couple of chronic Trump lies, according to the Washington Post. They said yep. he's lied on the biggest economy in history. I don't know. It was like three hundred and seventeen times, and he's lied on the biggest defense budget ever. 249 times, in other words, something to that effect, exact numbers. And as was pointed out, um, the GNP of the United States, which is generally how you measure economy, was the largest ever in 2019. And the defense budget, you could you could argue, well, was it inflation adjusted or some fine specifics? But how can you call him a liar for saying that, which most people would say the same thing? It's absolutely the fact. Yeah, uh, yeah. The GNP was 21 21- you know, up to twenty-one, and it's and the lower, the less. I love you guys. Like I, I love you guys. You're like a fire <laughs> hose. This is perfect. Here's the thing: John Adams said, "Facts are stubborn things." Uh, <laughs> people don't want facts; they want feelings. And uh, and the funny thing is, uh, if we just pull back and look, you want to have a feeling? How about this feeling? Ask any Hispanic or Black individual that you know who is actually in the American experience, meaning they have a job, they have an apartment or a home, they have kids, they're better off now. That is an absolute fact, and it's undeniable. But you're not going to get that on CNN. You're not going to get that on NBC. They will not report that because they they want somebody else to be elected. Donald Trump is a man. 
He fails like any other man. But you know what? Here's what's cool. I already have my Messiah. It's Jesus. <laughs> I'm not looking for... The answer for my life is not in the White House or in the State House. The answer for my life is in God's house, and it's Jesus. When I vote, I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm right, voting for a president. Right. I don't want a pastor to come up and hug me uh, and sit in the Oval Office. I want a president to defend me as a nation goes, because God establishes nations. He puts them in power and takes them away. And But I'm, I'm reading right now, preparing for Sunday morning sermon, and I just read out of Psalm 33, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Love it. And, and it's so encouraging, because if you want to criticize Trump, then you've got to remove David from your Bible. Ah, uh, that's a good it. David point. Was, David was, he lied by his actions, murdered uh, a man to have his wife, committed, right. a, uh, committed adultery, uh, just horrific. And okay, remove David. Just pull him out of your Bible, and then you got, <laughs> you've got to pull Samson out of your Bible. And yet, Samson's in the Hall of Faith in the Book of Hebrews eleven. We need to put our eyes on Jesus. Vote pro-life. That's the greatest yes. thing you can do right now. Is vote pro-life. If you do that, that's actually a down ballot issue. Pro-life. That, that all is the a way responsibility down. that we all have, and we need to take a break right now. But we will be back very quickly with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Thank you. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. God loves San Diego. This is K-Praise, a service of Salem Media Group. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death. Yeah, Jack, you've said we should focus on policies and positions, and that's where I think the difference has become so stark. I ha- I'm looking right now at a number of issues with direct quotes from the Democratic and Republican Party platforms, and then down the middle it has applicable biblical scriptures and it's just the difference is so stark i've heard it said that one political party has actually moved closer to the bible in the last few years and the other political party has moved starkly away starkly farther away from the bible it it didn't used to be such a stark difference like this did it well i really appreciate what you said uh number one the democrat platform has literally literally removed god from their platform the author the craftsman of the republican party uh, the authorship of that platform. I happen to be a very close friend with that gentleman who's a born-again, wonderful believer. And this is the most faith-based plat- platform that the Republican Party has had. So yes to that, exactly right. And the Christian needs to take that to heart, because you look at that platform, and then you've got to ask yourself, if, as a Christian, has God given me the responsibility to save a life uh, if I have that chance? Well, there's only one platform that's going to save a life. The other one is completely dedicated to the extermination, even to the point of partial birth abortion. And it's just abhorrent. And the the sanctity of life that we need to defend. And do you think that we are being judged, maybe, for for the 60 million abortions that have happened since Roe v. Wade? That are, it's Judgment is coming on our country. Well, I, I, yeah, I have to tell you that this is my personal understanding of Scripture. 
Absolutely. Judgment must come. That, that's just the part of the nature of God. Are we in, under God's judgment now? I do not believe so. What I believe we're under right now is a time, a season of God's warning. Mm. For example, it's never been more clear that what's standing before us regarding this, these two parties is personal liberties, religious freedoms, and the, the right for you to continue to be we the people as one nation under God. The other team has violently, vehemently embraced socialism, and socialism is being floated around the mouths or the ears of young people today, but little do they realize that socialism cannot, will not, ever tolerate the existence of a god or gods Socialism has to destroy that because socialism views religion of any sorts as competition. And the agenda, God help us, but if on November 3rd it goes goes in the down direction, uh, look, what does that mean? I think they'll be heading for judgment. I think we would have heard God's warning and refused his warning. We would have have thrown off God's exhortation and set a, set ourselves up. And so, uh, you know, for a lot of people, I know I get a lot of mail from people saying, Jack, you know, you're kind of a conundrum. We don't get you because you believe Jesus could come back today in the rapture. Yes, I do. But you're very busy about establishing, you know, uh, cultural impact for the next 50 years. Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, well, how do you reconcile that? I don't have to reconcile that. The Bible says, occupy till I come. And I'm, I'm you want to be caught to... doing good when Jesus exactly. comes. Yes. Well said. I want to be caught when Jesus comes back. I want to be caught doing my father's business and, right. so... and nurturing the republic and and, yeah, exactly. and trying to save lives. And I want to I want to talk for a minute. For yeah, I want sanctity to... of life. I agree with all that. (laughs) But I also want to talk for a minute about freedom to worship. You've been, and some other pastors have been, a great example in terms of you haven't worried more about what the CDC says about whether you can meet or not meet or whether you have to meet on Zoom only versus uh, a lot of churches, a lot of churches that we're very familiar with. So what do you you think about those – what do you say, I should say, to those people – who say, you know, we've got to follow the government, we've got to follow the CDC, we can't have more than 100 people. The government, uh, I mean, the governor, I should say, of California has set a maximum of 100 people in the current zone that we're in. But you obviously have gone a different path. Well, uh, yes, I... I, I yeah. It's our First Amendment right, isn't it? To well, me, you know, I mean... To take whatever yeah. risk that we choose to take. You guys, uh, your question just, just takes the air out of my lungs for this reason. Uh, the, the church in North Africa today, or North Korea, the church in yeah. Iran, the church in, in portions of China, you know they meet every Sunday underground, and they know that this, this is the Sunday they could be killed or arrested. Yeah. It's illegal for them to gather. Do they stay home and forsake the assembling together? No. They gather together. Then all of a sudden, we get a, we get a flu, COVID, that's 99.6% survivable, God help us, regarding <laughs> the bronchitis that's out there and some other flus that have a greater morbidity. This has been hyped up. I want to ask everybody who's listening, why has it been hyped up? And <laughs> right. why have we feared? why have we feared getting sick more than obeying God. 
We are to be wise. We're to wash our hands. If you're sick, stay home. Call for the elders. They'll come and pray for you. But I do not see from the book of Revelation or Hebrews 10.25, no pastor, no board, no movement has got the ability to close the doors of Jesus' church. Jesus said, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. He has not shut the doors of his church. People have, with Look, maybe good intentions. Some guys I've talked to, they just had an overwhelming fear of losing their pastorate position, of making waves. But we're called to be shepherds. We're not a popularity contest. We're in this to, to shepherd the people of God into the kingdom of heaven. And we're living in the last days. And this is all part of an age and of a time where the doctrines of demons would be prevailing. Paul warned us about that. And who's to say that all of this stuff, and I believe what I'm about to say, has been prostituted and pimped by the enemy of our souls, Satan, because the, the actions of all of this stuff has crippled people with suicidal fears. That's not from God. No, and we are commanded not to be afraid. We are commanded. Right. It's a commandment to... to Walk, and we think of Martin Luther, who was out in the plague that killed 30% right. of the people. He was out there ministering. He did not stop meeting. And That's many, right. many other good examples like that. So in the time remaining, we might talk a little bit more about uh, sanctity of marriage and the Equality Act and what that's going to do to churches, because that is a real threat. And yes. are we going to be able to stand up against that when we can't stand up against a false narrative on a virus, uh, you know? Yeah, listen, unless... For, okay, in the natural realm, uh, where you and I, where the three of us stand right here right now, no way. No way are we going to be able to stand, because the enemy came in and said, boo, as it were, with the possibility <laughs> yeah. of getting sick, and we folded. Then comes the government, and I really appreciate you bringing this up. Uh, the, the Democrat Congress right now, they have put forth that uh, legislation to the Senate. Now, Lord willing, is going to die in the Senate. But uh, Christian radio, uh, podcasting, Christian streaming, uh, getting the sermons out, all of this stuff, publications, this is all going to be stopped if we lose the House and if we lose the Senate or the presidency. This is going to be stopped because the, the warning is we can't have, we can't have people read the Bible, and... Um, yeah, they'll just cause, try to squash religion. Yeah, it's going to cause other people to feel bad. If, and, if you say something about homosexuality, it's going to make people feel bad. And yet, our whole argument is, how are you going to rescue the person that's caught up in adultery, fornication, or homosexuality, unless you love on them with truth? And so, listen, if we can't stand now with what's coming... There's, we need a revival. That's the only way that we, we can stand. We need Absolutely. a revival. I'm going to try to touch on one more. We're already winding down here, but it's it's an important one that's often left out by conservatives, and that's education, school choice. I look at the Republican platform. We support school yep. choice, vouchers, tax credits, charter schools, homeschooling. All those things are opposed on the other side when I look at the Democrat side. So right. what not that also a moral and a biblical choice, whether we whether – we, support school choice or only the public school monopoly? Brian, well stated, 100% correct, because we're talking about parental rights, which according to the book of Deuteronomy, 
uh, chapter 6 and many other locations of Scripture, the, the parents have the sovereign right given to them by God to be the overruling uh, you know, governor of a child's education, their child. The state sees that as a, as a hostile uh, a move. They want to control. They want to indoctrinate your kids. And my question to your audience is this. How has that worked out for us? <laughs> in, not in, the last, right. in the last 60 years, how's that gone? We've got kids murdering other kids. We've got the Ten Commandments removed from from. And I understand that plan, Planned Parenthood wants to have clinics in every public school. Yes, and they can they can give out hormones to people that want to be transgender, and they can yes. without their parents' consent, and they can ha- ha- young people can get abortions or whatever uh, without their parents' consent. Do we is that what we want in our public but, schools? So guess, anyway, just a real quick summary, Pastor Jack, and then we have to go. Yeah. Any final word to the audience? I would say this. Here's the final word. In all areas, the Christian life is to be a a life that we shine the light of God's truth everywhere. There's no area that's exempt, including politics, the culture. The, The overriding thing is this, you guys. When Jesus said, give me a coin, and then he had that coin, and he said, whose inscription is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's inscription. And Jesus said, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And we don't get that in the West. Every Jewish listener understood. Jesus literally said this. This is Caesar's coin. Give it to Caesar. Just remember this, that what belongs to God is God's. That means everything belongs to God. Caesar belongs to God. The realm belongs to God. Actually, that coin belongs to God. Caesar's palace belongs to God. Everything about Caesar, everything about this world belongs to God. And But today we say, oh, no, no, no. We have the secular, and we have the sacred, and we, we have that separation, and we don't Thank, get involved. Thanks so and much, Pastor Jack. I, I wish we could go for another three, four hours. To, uh, to give thank to God what is His, including voting. So thank you so much for being here, Pastor Jack. We've really been honored with your words. Thank you, Brian and Kathleen, very much. So to bless your neighbor this week, confirm your voter registration vote biblically and encourage your friends and fellow believers to do the same. God has blessed us with a free constitutional republic. He expects us to nurture it and maintain it. Join us again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen Let's Roll on K-Praise. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.